You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. probably figured out already what we're going to be talking about this morning. Grace and truth. If you have your Bible, open up to John chapter 1. We're going to go to verse 14. You can go in your outline. There's handouts that we've given to you. If you are on our online campus, then uh, we uh, will also... um, I'm getting hand signs back here, so there must be something that's not right or wrong. If you're on online campus, we thank you for being with us as well. So as we, uh, as we talk about grace and truth, and as we go to your Bible, I want to quickly, quickly give you some pretty awesome, awesome announcements, okay? So we're going to go to your Bible. As you're going there, I'm talking. Uh, so we installed some new leaders at Living Word Chapel first service, and it's hard to replicate that in, in uh, ordination or installation, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to announce it to you guys because there's some wonderful, wonderful candidates that God's going to use mightily. Uh, we have a new elder at Living Word Chapel. His name is Brian and his wife, Patty Evers. Can we give them a big hand for them coming on? <clears throat> wonderful, wonderful people. We have some amazing deacons that have come on board in Jack and Jody Jones and they're just wonderful. Let me mention all of them. Gary and Rhonda Hayes. And the first time ever we've had this happen at LWC, we have a father and son uh, deacon team in Nick and Natalie Hayes. And Nick and Natalie are amazing people, and we're just so glad to have them. John Clevenstein has come on uh, as a deacon. And uh, the beautiful thing about John is that the first times he ever walked through the doors of Living Word Chapel, he came to lay some tile in our cafe now, never did he dream that he would be coming to church here or that he would become a leader at Living Word Chapel, so we can give God a big hand for that. And, um, and then also, uh, Joseph Ramos is one of our leaders, and so Joseph has been coming to the church, and he's at home right now recovering from COVID. Uh, we've been praying for Joseph, but we know that God is a God of restoration, and he's a God of healing, so we believe that he's going to be back in the saddle soon, and we're going to be able to see him again. Amen? And so we are thanking the Lord for that. Now, the other thing I want to talk to second service about, I didn't even have time to do it to first service, is uh, every end of the year, we do a year-end campaign, and uh, we raise funds collectively together to move uh, the, 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 the God led focus forward, and we're believing at Living Word Chapel that we're going to reach 1,000 people in the next five years. From 2020 to 2025, we believe that many people are going to come to Jesus. In fact, 1,000 people will come. Uh, I did a memorial service in Kearney. We have another campus in, in, in uh, the Copper Basin. I did a service yesterday, and there were 12 people that said yes to Jesus at that memorial service. So uh, last, yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. Last year, last year, 279 people said yes to Jesus uh, through different methods online and here at the church. So God has been good. So we, we're trusting God. Can we say this? We're trusting God together. 
trusting God together. So we, we had this goal uh, of raising $80,000 together. That's a big number. That's a big number. And uh, uh, year to date, uh, I think a little bit over 40,000 has come uh, in person and online. That's, that's what we see evident right there. That's what we see put up. But with that, there's some surprises that are always happen, happening with God. Have you, have you noticed that, that God has surprises for us? And, uh, and so there was a, a, a couple that came to me and said, Pastor, we're behind that vision because it's a God-sized vision. So we're going we're gonna to give up to half of whatever is the goal. And so let's just say this, that goal has been met already because of them saying we're going to come alongside and, and help you. But that's not it. So then last week there was another, another individual, don't even come to church here uh, regularly, but they watch online and they gave a very, very good, uh, uh, gener generous offering to us. So uh, the, the numbers are going to change drastically as we show them in the next couple months. We wrap it up in January and I see the little guy over there clapping. I love that. Jesus is already working on this little, on this little guy. He's like, woo, only God could do that. Um, but but here's here's what I want to say because I I we're very transparent with the with monetary things at, at LWC. We want to be honest and truthful, and we never want anyone to feel uh, pressure to give. In fact, if you're here with us for the first time, you're here with us, uh, you know, just coming back, uh, you're a gift to us. You're a gift from God to us. So monetary, don't even worry about that. But I want to know this. That Jesus celebrates generosity. He's a generous Savior. And so we're going to see great things happening. Uh, if, if, if you want to give to the year end, uh, you don't have to. That would be between you and the Lord. And if you have already given and some of you have given big, thank you for doing so. Okay, now let's go to the text. Okay, so John chapter 1 verse 14. John's gospel is different than the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel, uh, gospel means good news. So, so you need to understand this. You should never go to a church service feeling worse when you leave than when you came in. You should always feel better because the gospel is good news. And so Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very, very similar. In fact, they're called the synoptic gospels. Optic meaning seeing. Sin, we would get the word like synonym, mean alike. So when you read them, they're very much alike. John's gospel is completely different. He starts out with this. In the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then it says, he was with God in the beginning. So he, the word, is a person. And we find out that it's explaining who Jesus is. And so he brings out this. He says, nothing was made that was made was made without him. So nothing that has ever been made in the creation of God has been made without Jesus. Okay? And then the, the narrative continues, and he brings this person. His name is John. It's not John the, the author of the gospel, because the author of the gospel is John the apostle, the brother of James, the sons of Zebedee. They were fishermen. But the John that he introduces is John the Baptist. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, he came as a, as a precursor. He came as a, a forerunner to introduce 
the one who is to come, who was going to be the Messiah, the anointed one, or the Christ, the Holy One of God. He was going to be the one that was going to restore humanity. So John is introduced, and John says, I am not the true light. There's a true light that's coming, and that true light is Jesus. Okay? Now we're coming to verse 14, and we're going to see what he says. And the word became flesh. That means the word, the logos, became a human. That's what it's telling us right there. And he dwelt among us. So John, the author, the apostle, says, we hung out with, with, with the word. We hung out with this person, Jesus. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, that's important right there. That's important. It tells us that he, the word, is not the Father, but he is in the likeness of the Father. Everything that the Father is, he is. It tells us that Jesus is God. Amen? But he's not the Father. You ever heard of God being revealed to us in three persons? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We'll see in John's narrative in about chapter 12, I'm sorry, chapter 14 and 15, that he talks about the helper, the comforter. He will come and reveal all truth to you, the spirit of truth. So that's the Holy Spirit. That's the third person of the Godhead. Right here, we're learning about the second person. And then verse 15, John testified about him and cried out saying, this is he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. Now that's important right there. Let's take this out of our pockets, okay? John the Baptist is talking to people. He said, he who came before me is greater than me because he existed before I ever existed. Now, in, in physical terms, John the Baptist was older than Jesus. Jesus was born from a virgin. Her name was Mary. John was born from an elderly woman who, who was past childbirth. Her name was Elizabeth. She was the wife of Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest. And he, and he was six months older than Jesus. In fact, when, Mary, uh, when Elizabeth was pregnant with John, six months into that, Mary comes, and she had been, uh, just been impregnated and just become the, the, the mother going to, to carry the Christ, the Lord, and, and, and Elizabeth sees her, and the baby just jumped, up, jumped for joy. That was John the Baptist. So he was six months older, but then he says, but he existed before I did because Jesus is God. You got it? For of his fullness, we have all received, verse 16, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, and that's important right there. The, the law was given through, to, through Moses. When, when Moses went up to Mount Sinai, God met him there, and he gave him these tablets called the Ten Commandments. And these Ten Commandments are perfect, they're perfect. There's nothing wrong with the commandments, but the commandments don't save you. They point you and me to the reality that we need a Savior. And the reason that the commandments don't save us is because we can't keep them. Amen? We all fall short. We all mess up. We all have failures. Moses had failures. 
So the law doesn't save us. It points us to the need of a Savior. He goes on, the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. I love that word, realized. If you have your note even in your Bible, you can circle that, underline that. You realize grace and truth through Jesus Christ. Verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. Anyone in second service, have you seen God? Okay, so the Bible's true. It says, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, whoo, that's good. First he was called the Word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The only begotten God, Jesus, okay, of the Father, the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. So we don't understand God. Just let me ask a question real quick. How many of you in here sometimes have a hard time understanding God? Just raise your hands if that's you. Okay, when we don't understand God, we need more of Jesus. Because Jesus explains God. Amen? Why do I say that? Because the Bible tells us. And the Bible doesn't change. So, so if you want to understand God, you need to have more of Jesus in your life. The more Jesus you have, the more understanding you have. When you wake up scratching your head wondering what's going on with this pandemic and all the things that are going on around us, when you wonder, what is going on? I don't understand these things. We need more God. And the only way we're going to understand God is to have more Jesus. So my plan for you, my hope for you is for you to leave here today with more of Jesus. My hope for you is, is that word that was spoken through, through, through this vessel that said, God is for you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. That you'll leave here understanding that you're special to God. Here are three takeaways that I'd love for you to consider, maybe taking them with you from this passage about grace and truth. The first takeaway is that Jesus is God in human form. And this is so important because if you get this wrong, it will skew the truth. You see, there are some people that, that will come and they'll tell you that Jesus is a son of God, but he's not God. There are some people that will come and they'll, they'll, they'll say, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was, the word was uh, with God and the word was a God. Jesus is not a God. He's God. And when you understand that he's fully God, but he's also fully man, it really helps for you to understand that you can come to him with whatever you're facing in your life because Jesus doesn't only sympathize with you, he empathizes with you. Everything that you go through, he's been through as well. He's been rejected, he's been hated, he's been talked about, 
He's been spit on. Anyone been spit on lately? He's been, you know, lifted up and lifted down up to the point that he went to the cross. So everything that we face is known to Jesus. That's why John said, and the word became flesh. And he dwelt among us. In other words, John said, I hung out with him. He, he, he was like my homie, but not my homie. Because don't we hang out with the people that we care about and sometimes we say, that's my homie. That's, that's someone that I grew up with. That's someone that I love. And, and you, I, have, I have these friends that, that we grew up together. And when we talk, we talk about all the things that we, that we did. And here's the thing. We know what we did because we hung out. We dwelt amongst each other. That's exactly what John is saying. The word dwelt among us and we saw his glory. We saw that he was, he was a man, but even him being a man, we saw greater things about him because he was transfigured and he was illuminated when, at this time when he spent some time with Moses and Elijah in the transfiguration. We saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father. And it, it, it teaches us that God cares so much about you and about me that he became one of us. When, when, when people say to you, God doesn't care about our world, God doesn't care about what I'm going through, God cares so much that he became like us. He was human. God doesn't have to become human. He chose to become human because his plan was for him to come into our lives and for him to do the things in our life that we can't do on our own. To help us from our, from, from our failures and our mess ups and all the things that we go through. To restore us into this newness of life that only God can produce because not only did John see him and, and hang out with him, there was a time that he, he wrote another book called The Revelation and, and Jesus had already died on the cross. He had rose from the dead on the third day. He had ascended to the Father and, and John had been put in prison at this place called Patmos and, and, and this is place, God gave him a revelation called The Revelation and in that, in chapter 19, verse 11, it says, he said, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called faithful and true. He's talking about Jesus. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the word of God. And he still the word of God. The logos, the, the, the meaning of life and, and gives us understanding in everything that we're facing and all the things that we have need of understanding. But here's the thing that I, that, that I know. When, when we come to this person of Jesus, the second takeaway is this, is that he is full of grace and truth. He's full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. And he was full of grace 
and truth. So Jesus functioned and he lived and he operated in 100% grace and 100% truth. And when you see and read his life, you begin to see this played out. There was a woman that was caught in adultery. And the religious leaders caught her. They brought them before Jesus. And they bring this woman in her shame and in her tears. And the law said that a woman that had been caught in adultery, the law called for her to be stoned to death. So they came with rocks ready to stone her. Any of us, have we ever been caught in something that we've done wrong and you have people around you that are ready to throw stones at you? And they brought this woman to Jesus and Jesus, because he was filled with grace and filled with truth, he looked at every one of those religious leaders because he knew who they were. And he said to them, if you have no sin, cast the first stone. If you haven't done anything wrong, I want you to throw the first rock. And every single one of them, from the eldest to the youngest, they began to drop the rocks. And they walked away from there. And that woman was there standing before Jesus. And the only one of everybody that was there that had a right to throw a stone was Jesus Christ. And he told the woman, where are your accusers? And which of them have stoned you? And she said, neither. None. And Jesus said to her, neither do I accuse you or stone you. Now here's the thing. He had a hundred percent truth to those that were trying to stone her. Just like you need to know this. If, if someone has been at you and saying all kinds of things about you, you need to know that, that as, they're, as, they're, as they're doing all this, God sees every one of their hearts. But he also has a hundred percent grace. And he restored that woman, and he wasn't done. He tells her, go and sin no more, because he's 100% truth. Now, maybe you came in here today, and you feel like if everybody's been throwing rocks at you, I had someone that come up for prayer just this last night at our worship night, and they said, you know what, I, on Facebook, I have been accused and I've been talked about, and they have, they have smeared my name like I've never been smeared before. Say, I made a mistake, but it wasn't what they're saying. And all those stones were thrown in her, at, at them. How many of you know that words hurt? Words hurt more than rocks sometimes, amen? But Jesus teaches us that we're not defined by what people say. We're defined by the grace of God that he imparts into our lives. Amen? And he restores us. You see, if you follow the scripture, it, it is so important. The law was given through Moses. That, why did he put that there? Because we need to hear that. The law was given to Moses. We shall love the Lord our God with all our hearts, soul, strength, and mind. Anytime that, that God is not a part of your life, your life will get skewed. The second commandment, love your neighbor as you love yourself. How many of you know that we're better off when we love people and when people love us? Thou shalt not murder. How many of you agree with me that that's a good thing? We should not kill people. Have you killed anyone last week? Don't do it. 
How many said we should not bear false testimony? We should not talk about people with things that are not true. How many of us believe that we should not lie? All, the law is very good. It's perfect. But the law doesn't save us because every one of us falls short. But look at what he says. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here and you feel condemned and you feel beaten and you feel like if, like if you just can't go on, there's grace and truth that can be realized in Jesus Christ. See, the truth of the matter is that I needed a savior. The grace of the matter is that Jesus met me where I needed to be met. The truth of the matter is my past does not define me. The grace of the matter is that he's given me a present and a future. And that's the same thing that he has for every one of you guys, for everyone that's watching right now, that God has given you an opportunity to realize that there's 100% grace and 100% truth. For of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Now, this is so important because we, we, we prayed over leaders. You should have seen first service. You would have been here. You would have seen us praying, putting mantles on them. How, how do we grow as Christians? When do we know that we are mature as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus? How do you measure that? The Bible teaches us when we begin to live up, lift up the meters, the levels of our grace and our truth. When we begin to walk in the same grace that Jesus has shown us for people and we begin to walk in the same truth that Jesus has shown us for ourselves and for people. Amen? Because we can walk in 100% grace or we can walk with a meter full of grace and walk in with a meter with no truth and what happens with that is, is you say to everybody, you have a situation and you say, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay if you hurt those people around you, it's okay if you keep doing this, it's, it's okay if you continue in this addiction, it's okay, you're gonna be okay, just keep on, we're gonna be here for you. That's grace and, you, and, and believe me, we need all the grace that we can have. We need someone to be there to encourage us and lift us up but if someone doesn't speak truth, it becomes enabling. And you enable someone from facing the fact that there has to be a change in their life. What happened with Jesus and the woman caught in adultery? What happened with Jesus and that rich young ruler? That the rich young ruler says, I have everything, but how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, do this, follow the commandments, do this. He said, I've done all that. He said, okay, now sell everything that you have and come and follow me. You see, the truth of the matter for that rich young man was that that money was his God. And he was not worth, he was not, it was not worth it to him to abandon his money or the savior of mankind. Here's the thing. All grace without truth will enable the loved ones around you. But all truth without grace is hard. And you know those people, you might even be those people, the, the, the person that said, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this, 
you've done this. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And you feel horrible, but truth without grace is condemnation. And you feel condemned. You feel defeated. That's why I tell you that no one, no one, no one ever went into the presence of Jesus Christ feeling worse when they left than when they found him. They always left restored, healed, transformed. So 100% truth without grace will leave people condemned. But if you begin to walk in the stature and the fullness of God, you begin to walk in grace. And you say, you know what, son, I love you so much. I'm, in, I, I'm here for you to win. And I'm going to stand with you with whatever you're going through. But we're going to deal with this addiction. We're going to deal with this situation. We've got to because if we don't, it's going to destroy your life. And I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to walk you to wherever I need to to help you overcome it. Or if it's someone that has a lying problem, there's a time that we say, you know what, what you're telling me has not been honest, it's not been truthful. Let's talk about this. I love you, and I'm going to walk with you through whatever we're going through, but we're going we're gonna to nip it right here where we begin to speak the truth. Don't, don't try to, to, to manipulate this. Let's face it for what it is. If, if someone has a, a, a problem with, with, you know, eating, if, you know, who am I to talk Someone has to tell me, my, you know, my wife has to look at me and say, are you going to eat that? I, I was. The truth of the matter is you don't, probably don't need that second piece of pie. I, I know, but I would really like it. See what I'm saying? Paul writing to the church in Ephesus this is what Paul said. He said, he, he's, he's talking about this, the gifts of the Spirit and how the, the, the Holy Spirit comes and he produces what we can never do, what we can do without him. And then he says this in verse um, in verse 13, he says, until, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Now let's rewind and go to John. Jesus was full of grace and truth. So when we have the fullness of Christ... We're walking in the greater measurements of grace and greater measurements of truth. Amen? And can I tell you, the church will be better when we walk in grace and truth. Your family will be better when you walk in grace and truth. Our communities will be better when we walk in grace and truth. Our country will be better when we walk in grace and truth. The truth of the matter is that we are lost without Jesus. But his grace is sufficient for thee. Here's your third takeaway real quick. Your third takeaway is this. Jesus is God explained. And I know that there's people in here, people that are watching, that you've asked the question, I just don't understand who God is is and there's a progressive revelation revelation just means revealing throughout the scripture from the old testament the old testament is jesus concealed he's there the new testament is jesus revealed in the old testament god is speaking to moses after moses 
insisted for, for God to show him who he is. He said, show me your glory. And this is what God said. He, he said, you cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. And when Moses came off the mount, Mount Sinai, just by seeing the glory of God, he was transfigured. He was illuminated. He was changed. It's no different today. When you come into the presence of God, you will be changed. When you come into the presence of Almighty, you will not be the same. Your heart will be illuminated. Your life will be changed. And God will do his thing. And then Jesus comes on the scene, and here's what the Apostle John writes. No one has seen God at any time. Amen? He's going back to, to uh, the Old Testament. And then he call, goes on, he says, The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Jesus is the only one who knows God, the Father. Jesus is the only one that can explain him to us. The more Jesus you have, oh, this is so good. The more Jesus we have in our lives, the more God we have in our lives. The more Jesus we have, the more clarity we have. I had lunch this week with a, with a, with a guy, and we, we were having this lunch, and it was great. First, first of all, I was excited. We were at La Casita. How can you not be excited about that? So we're eating, you know, La Casita, and we're, we're, we're talking, and, and uh, this guy's a friend of mine from my hometown, and, and now he's, he's coming to this new walk with Jesus, and, and he, he had been in, uh, in Iraq, and, and he struggled with PTSD and all kinds of demons that, are, that try to creep into his life with negativity and all these voices that plague humanity. He said, I just, I just, I just, I think I'm losing it sometimes. I said, you're not losing it. You have a sound mind because you're, you belong to Jesus. And we began to talk and he said, I just, I just feel like if I'm worthless, I feel like if I'm no good. I said, okay, I want you to think about this. I said, if your son was to come to you, and you, these guys, wonderful boys, I said, if your son was to come to you and tell you I'm worthless, I'm not going to amount to anything in life, I'm no good for nothing, what would you say to him? I would say to him that he's worth everything, that I love him. Okay, stop right there. You, in the way that you are right now, you would say that to your son, what would God say to you right now? You're worth everything to me. I love you. I sent my son for you. See, that's how God feels about you. We had that lunch. I said, hold on, bro. Let me eat my, let me eat my enchilada style burrito, bro, for a little bit. And then we ate that and we left and he was, his head was lifted up. He felt good. I said, do not let those voices define you. Don't let your past define you. Don't let the things that you've done define you. Let what he's done define you. And what he did is he died for everything we've ever done wrong so that we could be right with him. Here's, here's how uh, Paul wrote to the Colossians. He said, he, being Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. 
He, he's the firstborn of all creation. That doesn't mean he was born. That means he's the preeminence of all creation. He pff, made creation happen. And that's for you. Because he can create in your life what you could never create on your own. He could fix in your life what's broken. He can change in your life the things that need to be changed. He can do for you what nobody else can do because he's God. And I would say this to you right now. He invites you today to come and find out how good he is. He invites you right now to say yes to Jesus. Jesus already said yes to you. He came. He became flesh. He became human. He went to, to live the, a, a life and he, he did wonderful deeds and did wonderful things. He casted out demons. And, and if someone's struggling with anxiety and panic attacks and all those, God is bigger than that. Jesus casted those things out. And, he's, and then he went to the cross. He had never done anything wrong. But they said, they said, crucify him, crucify him. And on the cross, as he lay there speaking to all of us, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he died for everything that James Reese has done, is doing, and will ever do because he loves me so much. But he loves you too. And he rose from the grave on the third day because you cannot keep God in the grave. You cannot keep Jesus in the grave. And he rose and he ascended to the Father 40 days afterwards so that he is there at the right hand of the majesty so that he could pray for you and pray for me. And the things that you think you cannot break... He can break. But you've got to say yes to him. You get to say yes to him. You, you, you are privileged and graced to say yes to him. So you don't live in this oppressed state where, you're, where your head is laid down low and you can't even look up. You know, when you walk with God, your head is lifted up. He's the lifter of our heads. And you don't walk in this depressed state and all these things that the devil and the world and your flesh try to make you become. He lifts our head up so that you can walk in the glory of God. We have witnessed, we have beheld his glory and from glory to glory and from grace to grace and from life to life. We continue to walk in this goodness. And that's exactly what he has for you, beloved. He's got that for you. He can change your life today, but you've got to say yes to him. He already said yes to you. And it's a simple prayer. The prayer is God. I am tired of trying to do life on my own. I admit today, I have so many things that are, that are messed up. I have so many faults. Lord, I'm a sinner. But I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I believe that Jesus went to the cross at Calvary and died for all of my sins. 
I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he would, and he's alive forevermore. And so today I confess him. If this is you, just say, today I confess him, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior, and I choose to follow him from this day forward. And I pray this, I pray this, and I seal it with the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Messiah, the Christ, the Word, the Logos, the Ancient of Days. I seal it, Lord. And Father, you're doing something in the hearts of people right now. You're doing something in the souls of people right now, Lord God. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for breaking that hard ground, that hardness, Lord. Thank you for breaking the bitterness. Thank you for breaking the fear and anxiety, Lord God. That lies that the devil throws that we're alone. Thank you for breaking that. We're not alone. Thank you, Lord, for setting the mind free from distortion and bringing clarity into minds right now. Holy Father, thank you for what you're doing. That person that's been a product of their past, of the hurts and the pains, thank you for the healing that you're doing right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the peace that is here. Thank you for the peace that resides in your name. Praise you, Lord God. Thank you for the miracles that we can expect today and tomorrow and the rest of our lives. I'm going to ask you a question. We prayed that prayer right now, and I'm just going to want you to be honest. If, 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 you, if today you're saying, you know what, Jesus, I'm putting my whole faith in you today. Just raise your hands while we can agree with you. That's beautiful, dear lady. Beautiful. Yeah, bro, I see your hand in the back. That's beautiful. Yeah, dude, I see your hand. That's beautiful, bro. Beautiful. Nothing greater than that, man. There's nothing greater than what you're doing today. Let me tell you that it's sealed right now in heaven. You are in the eternal family. God is stirring. He's moving in our hearts because he's God. Oh, my goodness, man. I'm about ready to speak in languages that you've never heard before. I'm not kidding you. I could. I Whew. Whew. Oh, God. He wants to break the addictions in your life, guys. He's going to break addictions in your life. He's going to break generational things in your, in, in your life, things that were passed down from family to family to family to family. I come from a product of generations of adultery, the unfaithfulness, generations, grandfathers, fathers, great-grandfathers, grandmothers, alcoholism and all that thing. But Jesus broke all that, man. He's so gracious and so good. <laughs> Your week is going to be different because your day has been different today. And God is here. And he's not going to leave you because he doesn't dwell in a building. He dwells in your heart. Today you said yes to Jesus. He's in your heart, man. Dear lady, he's in your heart. So he doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. He's with you. So can we stand up and worship the King of Kings? Can we just give him glory 
for, for those like four or five people that said yes to Jesus, that their hearts are being stirred, can we just believe that this is the, the beginning of the greatest days of their lives? This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.